Silver Emulsion Podcast. My name is Will Kalf, and I'm your host. Let's get some. All right, welcome to episode two of the Silver Emulsion Podcast. And uh, I don't, uh, I don't know how to start these things. Uh, I need to uh, figure out a way to uh, seamlessly go from uh, song energy to will energy and have it be seamless and have me not run out of steam with things to talk about. Uh, but <laughs> for now, uh, this is all you got. So. Well, no, it's actually not all you got. There's like 10 million other podcasts you could be listening to, listening to other than mine. So uh, feel free, you know, go out there, explore the world. <laughs> uh, how many podcasts do you give a guy um, before you tell him, before you, you know, delete it, before you say, you know what? Fuck that guy. I'm done. I'm not listening to any more of that shit. That rambling shit. How many podcasts? Maybe three if you're busy. Five maybe if you like the guy. Ten if you're really like generous. Uh, but even that, you know, most people probably don't go past one. So I would have to imagine that most people, having listened to a first episode, are not even here on this episode. But the numbers don't lie. So I, I have a way to see how many people are downloading. And I got to say thank you, everybody, for everything you've done to share the podcast and spread the word because we are well on our way to the 1 million download podcast milestone. You know, thank you, everybody. We're we're getting close. You know, it's surprising. One episode—that's all it took. Already close to a million. I mean, we're we're definitely closer to a million downloads than we were when we started. You know, progress. You can't you can't have progress and not be proud of it. And let's keep it rolling. Keep the train going. And let's roll it right into one million station. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Um, but yeah, feedback uh, for the episode, uh, the first episode was, was highly positive, And I'm actually surprised. Uh, I, I didn't get any emails from any random people, but I did get a couple of notes uh, from some friends, and everybody liked it. <laughs> I mean, I liked it, but I don't, I'm always very self-conscious and don't think what I'm doing is especially great, uh, or even good, but, so, you know, when, when people were saying that they liked it, I'm, I was flattered, I enjoyed it, it's, it's, it's good, it gave me some confidence, and so maybe you can hear it in my voice, on episode two. So I've covered feedback and our great numbers, uh, download numbers. 
<laughs> so I'd like to do a thing now because it's uh, today. I'm recording this part. It's going to be October 1st. So I want to share uh, some movies that I watched in September that were especially good. I have five. I have more than five, but I any more than five, and it's just it's just a fucking <laughs> laundry list. You know why are things called laundry list? Who makes a list to do laundry? Did people make lists to do laundry back in the day? I don't know. These are the things that I think of. I, I'm thinking. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> That's my uh, third co-host, you know, Squeak Chair. He's always here. And uh, Lip Smack. <laughs> I need a name for the chair. It'll be like fucking Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> oh, Chair Charlie. Charlie Chair. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So Charlie Chair... Um, lip smack Louie, and, uh, <laughs> fucking, I don't know, and, uh, the alien. <laughs> Jesus. This podcast is the fucking worst. <laughs> okay, so, try to keep it to five, but maybe if I talk too much... I'll cut it to three or something. So, best movies that I saw in September, uh, by far the best movie that I watched. Should I do it opposite order? So it's like the bottom? Hmm. Eh, fuck it. That's what most people do. Uh, the best movie I saw, by far, without a doubt, is a Shaw Brothers movie called Shaolin Martial Arts, directed by Cheng Che, uh, who I talked a lot about on uh, episode one. If you haven't seen it, it is hands down, immediately, as soon as I saw it, one of my favorite Shaw Brothers movies of all time. I love it. It's fantastic. Uh, I highly recommend it. Next on the list is a 1979 Hong Kong movie uh, called Magnificent Butcher, directed by Yoon Woo Ping and starring Sammo Hung. Uh, he plays Lam Sai Wing, a famous student of Wong Fei Hung, everybody's favorite uh, Chinese folk hero. And in real life, Lam Sai Wing went on to teach Lao Karlong's father uh, all the Kung Fu, uh, the Hungar Fist. And so, in turn, then Lao Karlong's father taught uh, his son. And so Lao Karlong's uh, Kung Fu, his his Hungar fist, descends directly from uh, the lineage of Wong of Wong Fei Hung. Pretty cool, huh? <laughs> uh, next on the list, and, oh well, with Magnificent Butcher, I did want to say that there's a fight in that movie uh, between uh, Quan Ta King, the uh, original Wong Fei Hung, you could say. He started playing him uh, in the late 40s in Hong Kong movies, and then that was a series of Wong Fei Hung movies that went, uh, you know, like all the way up, all the way up <laughs> to like uh, like 1970 something. 
and they you know made movies straight through that whole like two decades uh, and then towards the end of his career he reprised the role in a few other movies such as magnificent butcher and dreadnought uh, both yun Ping movies and a couple others too that i'm not i don't remember right now but it doesn't matter anyway uh there's a fight between Quan Ta King and Li Hui Sang, and they're fighting over this calligraphy scroll that Wang Fei Hung is trying to complete. And it is one of the best choreographed fights I think I've ever seen. It is so, so cool. Uh, the only problem is, is that it comes, it's probably one of the first fights, if not the first fight in the movie. It's really early in the movie. So, like, nothing in the movie is as good as that, as much as I love everything else in the movie. But, you know, you it starts out high and then never really reaches that same high. But maybe if I rewatch it, I wouldn't think that. I don't know. The third movie I'd like to talk about uh, for this Best of September thing is uh, Microwave Massacre. It's an 80s horror comedy that is exactly the type of movie not to recommend to people because it's a b-movie b-movies are hard to recommend anyway because everybody's uh tastes and palettes for bad movies is different but microwave massacre i feel like is like somehow worse <laughs> it's to me it's better i enjoy the shit out of it but it's the type of movie that if you casually recommended it to somebody that you didn't know, they would definitely judge you. <laughs> uh, but uh, if you like 80s horror comedy and uh, <laughs> you are intrigued by the title Microwave Massacre, I definitely recommend uh, giving it a shot, uh, but just know that it is, it's a weird one, in a good way. It's been compared to uh, a trauma movie, and I don't really get a trauma vibe from it, but the trauma comparison is apt in terms of, uh, like, recommending or, or showing the movie to normal mainstream people so in that way they're very similar because they uh, push the boundaries of what is normally considered good taste <laughs> I don't know it's a very vague description of microwave massacre but uh, perhaps it is enough to uh, in intrigue you into going in and uh, seeking it out All right, let's go ahead and move into the featured discussion for this week. I'm going to be talking about another pair of Shaw Brothers movies. That's not going to be the norm. Don't think that it's just a Shaw Brothers show. It just so happened that that's uh, what these two weeks were, and I just so happened to start a show. So <laughs> this is so... Um, the first movie is a 1972 movie. Uh, called Delightful Forest, and it stars T. Long as uh, 
Wu Sung, uh, who is a, a famous uh, character from the uh, very famous and very old Chinese novel, classic Chinese novel, uh, The Water Margin, uh, also known as Outlaws of the Marsh. Now, the movie was directed by Cheng Che, and one of his collaborators, his regular collaborators, Pao Sui Li. And based on uh, what I know of the way that Cheng Che worked and the way uh, that he described uh, his co-directors in his memoir, uh, the, it's more than likely that Chang Che did not actually direct this movie. He, pro he may have been around, he may have uh, worked on it a little bit, he definitely co-wrote the script, um, but the way he described uh, specifically the water margin films in his uh, memoir was that he directed the water margin and that movie has a co-credit uh, directing also as Cheng Che, Pao Sui Li, and Wu Ma. Uh, but according to his memoir, he, he was the director on set for that movie. And then for the following movies, uh, the sequels, as it were, um, Delightful Forest was a Pao Sui Li movie. And then uh, All Men Are Brothers was the Wu Ma movie. It was a way, I know they, they put Cheng Che's name on it because Cheng Che was a very uh, bankable name in the industry. He was well known. So, you know, they'd throw his name up there and people would uh, would go see the movies more so than if it was just some upstart director like Kuei Chi Hung, you know, at the beginning of his career and nobody knew who the hell he was. Regardless of that, Delightful Forest is a very fun movie. It is a prequel to The Water Margin. The The story in the Cheng Che movie, The Water Margin, um, deals with uh, some of the later chapters of the book. The book is huge. If you don't know the book, it's a huge book. I mean, it's probably like a thousand something pages. And so the idea, and it's not, not necessarily um, even uh, comprehensible in sort of a n normal novel um, ideas that we have now. It's uh, one of the four great classical novels of Chinese literature. It was written sometime in the 1300s. So, you know, how old is that? You know, 700 years between the novel and the Shaw Brothers movies uh, uh, based on it. And then another, what, 50 years to now? So 750 years ago. So, yeah, it's a pretty old thing well loved in china uh, as i as i have been told by the internet <laughs> and the the love that the shaw brothers and other um 
film companies have given to the story. But anyway, it's a it's a big, wide-ranging, epic story with a, a ton of characters. Uh, the main characters of the story is uh, this group of outlaws, the 108 outlaws, and they they all come together to live in this mountain called Mount Lang, which uh, somewhere around there. See, I, don't, I haven't read the book, so I'm not. You know, I don't. I don't know. Don't come to me for the source source info uh, but I, I there's some kind of marsh around the mountain and so that's why the the book is also known as outlaws of the marsh so it's a big book has 108 main characters basically um, I don't know that every one of those outlaws gets their own story but many of them uh, have their own full ranging tales told in the novel as their making their way to the mountain. And one of those main characters is Wu Song, uh, the character that Ti Lung plays. Now he plays that character, an older version of that character in the Water Margin film, uh, but the Delightful Forest movie is set much before the Water Margin film was based on some chapters late in the story like yeah 64 to 68 I don't remember how many chapters there are but it's it's pretty deep into the book and the the delightful forest adapts stuff from like the mid 20s in the chapters so it's the early days of Wu Song and the delightful forest is specifically the tale of uh, well they they end it with the tale of how he is uh, getting his revenge uh, because his brother was killed by his wife and what do you call her her mis mistress <laughs> I don't know um, I can't think of the word anyway Tilung uh, Wu Song gets his revenge and then he doesn't just run from the law he takes responsibility and he is taken into custody and put in this thing it's like a, a big board with the head hole and two arm holes and it's called uh, I don't know how to pronounce it but it's called Kanka or Kanga or something like that I don't know look it up and so he's in that thing for half the movie probably in Delightful Forest and so it tells a story of how he's now uh, in police custody. He goes and he meets a pair of uh, characters that would later show up in, in they would eventually leave and come to uh, the mountain as well. There's a, a, a husband and wife that run an inn and their story, which I believe is also told in The Water Margin, uh, novel is that they they're like uh, drugging the people who come to their inn and then uh, killing them and grinding their their bodies down into meat 
that they put into their steamed buns and then serve them <laughs> to uh, <laughs> like other customers that then they grind down into nor buns. I don't, I don't know the story, so I don't know why they're doing that. But uh, I, I found it interesting that that's what their tale was. Like, what the, you know, there, there definitely needs to be more, more uh, research into that one. And it also informs. There's a uh, a line that uh, T Lung says later in the film when he goes to a different inn. He goes to the the delightful forest is an inn, not a forest. And so when he goes there. Um, he kind of shames them and asks, oh, is this bun filled with human meat? And I'm sure it's a reference to uh, the other characters. And they are Sun Er Nyang, the witch, and Zhang Qing. Again, I may be mispronouncing these, uh, but I, I... It's fun to try, and hopefully I'm doing them justice. I, I don't know. So then the story continues with him um, basically trying to rid the delightful forest of its kind of evil oppressors. And you kind of see this evolution throughout the movie of how he starts to become the character that you see in The Water Margin. But this movie came out after, so it's kind of a prequel. Uh, it's a very fun movie. I don't think it's a great movie. Like, for me, uh, there's not enough emotional uh, pull for me to really get into it on a full 100% level. But it uh, it's... It, incredibly fun. T Lung is great as always. I mean if you if you know T Lung, you know he's great cuz he's just awesome all the time. And uh the film opens with the fight where he is uh getting his revenge for his brother's death and he fights Lao Kar Wing who is a very accomplished martial artist, so it's a very nice fight. Um Bam, right out of the gate, you know, you get a big fight. And then, uh, I don't know, I don't know what else to say, honestly. It's a good movie, and I'm a big fan of The Water Margin. Uh, that, that movie is probably one of my, well, it's not probably, it is definitely one of my favorite Shaw Brothers movies. And because of that, I have a greater affection for the other movies that are related to it that the Shaw Brothers made. So that's Delightful Forest. Um, I don't have anything truly insightful to say about it, but um, on re-watching it, I definitely liked it a lot more, and I could see myself just liking it more and more as time goes on. And uh, I read my review, my original review for it, and... While I still agreed with some points, I definitely uh, don't agree with a lot of it, which is interesting. Uh, usually when I go back and read a review after I've rewatched a movie, I'm usually like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember, yeah, that's, yeah, mm-hmm, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> um, you know, this guy writes good reviews, you know, he's really right on. But 
this time, definitely, I could write another review, and I it would be a much more uh, positive. Not that I wasn't positive on the other one, but I was a little more critical. Anyway, that's uh, one rambling down. And now, um, the movie that it's paired with, that I have paired it with, um, is a movie that I had never seen before. And it is a, a, an early, earlier adaptation of a Wusong tale from the water margin. It is actually the tale that comes directly before the events of the Delightful Forest. And it's a 1964 film called The Amorous Lotus Pan. It was directed by Chow Se Luk. And he, I don't know really much about him, but looking at his filmography on the Hong Kong Movie Database, uh, it's pretty apparent that he has a big, long-storied career. He was a cinematographer, uh, looks like, in the mid-30s. So, you know, the dude was working, he's been around, and he became a producer, and then production manager, and... He directed 130 movies uh, from the late 40s all the way up to 1964, and uh, Amorous Lotus Pan was uh, one of his last films. Uh, and it's it's a Huang Mei opera movie, so so there's lots of singing. Like um, it's hard to describe if you've never seen it. It's not like a, a Hollywood musical at all. The the numbers are not big productions at all. The characters will just go in and out of song um, almost at will and not in any, not always in a full song, you know. It's more of they go into song for a couple of lines to sort of express their feelings. And then there's also the songs that would uh, stick around as the Huang Mei genre became um, fused with the Wuxia, and that's that's where the Shaw Brothers started their their martial arts productions, the primarily martial arts productions, because the early the early films that they made, like Temple of the Red Lotus, and probably for the next four or five years after that one. So, like, we're talking late 60s. Almost all of those movies have singing, but almost none of those movies have characters actually singing. It's almost always, like, the swordsman goes off on a journey, and then so he'll be walking through some you know, up a mountain or whatever, and then a song that he is singing will play as if, you know, it's like his internal dialogue. So in Amorous Lotus Pan, which is actually the first fully uh, Huang Mei opera film that I've seen, there's a lot of singing from the characters directly to another character, and then there's also the internal dialogue songs. So it's, it's interesting... And if you've never seen one, I definitely recommend it. Don't go in expecting action. Although I do have to say, 
I was very surprised to see that, that uh, Amorous Lotus Pan actually had action. There was a scene early on where uh, the villain, uh, Zimen Ching, who uh, in Delightful Forest is played by Lao Kar Wing and is killed in the first battle there. Uh, that character is out in the forest and he has a bunch of... Uh, like henchmen or whatever, and they're all practicing martial arts and doing some pretty, pretty nice uh, choreography, and jumping and doing tumbling and stuff like that. It's it looks a lot more uh, like opera fighting than what the genre would later become, but uh, it's still very, very entertaining. You know, I my. Having gone through all of those Shaw Brothers movies, my love has grown not only for Shaw Brothers in general, but also for the earlier, like, more innocent times before it got real heroic and, and bloody. And then at the end of the film, there's a, actually a, a pretty sizable block of action. Um where Wusong has to uh, defeat Zimen Xing and, and then eventually Lotus Pan, uh, his brother's wife. Uh, but the, the fights are not, <laughs> they're pretty clumsy. So when I say like, oh, there's action and there's a big fight, like <laughs> there is, but <laughs> you know, this isn't Jet Li or nothing. It ain't even T Lung. You know, so uh, it actually is uh, Paul Chang-Chung who plays Wu Song here. And he, he was a pretty active actor as well. He, he started, he must have started as a kid. Yeah, he was eight years old in his first movie, it looks like, uh, in 1939. And then he you know became uh, an actor for reals and worked steadily from the late 50s all the way up into uh, 1992 was his last movie and in the 80s he's in a bunch of the Sammo Hung and Jackie Chan movies in smaller parts but he he is around uh, he's in like Wheels on Meals, My Lucky Stars, Police Story, uh, Writing Wrongs, the Yoon Bu movie, uh, Millionaire's Express you know just a whole bunch, Winders and Sinners, Fantasy Mission Force, you know, he's in a bunch of stuff. He's in uh, the Ching Siu Tang movie, Duel to the Death. So, you know, he's around, um, but in this case, he is the star. And he plays Wu Song uh, well enough, but he's a very serious, very serious character in this movie. Uh, without really much of any levity at all. And he does discuss drinking and his drinking problem a little bit, but uh, where in Delightful Forest, Tilong is just like a total drunk. <laughs> like the whole movie just wants to get drunk. And it's very fun, and the character is a very loud and rambunctious sort of happy-go-lucky guy. And the character in... Amorous Lotus Pan is completely different. Uh, so it, I don't know which is more proper in terms of the novel, uh, but I, I 
I definitely think that the T-Lung version is a much uh, more entertaining version. Although I don't know that, that his version would fit into this Amherst Lotus Pan version of the story. Anyway, I'm sort of dancing around it because I'm a free foreman. Free foreman! Uh, but uh, <laughs> the story that... Uh, is told in Amorous Lotus Pan is about uh, Wu Song returns to his hometown uh, having bested this tiger that was uh, sort of terrorizing this mountain town and uh, I believe that movie was also made um, because T. Lung's in a movie called Tiger Killer in the 80s where he reprises the role of Wu Song. And I don't, I haven't seen it and I haven't really looked into it. So I don't know that it actually shows the tiger killing. So T. Lung, uh, T. Lung, <laughs> Wu Song returns uh, having killed the tiger. He's a hero. Everybody is, is very excited and like, oh wow, this guy is amazing. And so he returns to uh, see his brother, and his brother is the complete opposite of him. He's a very short, kind of hunchback guy who is described in the book as being a very ugly man. And I think his, uh, his nickname in the town is like three inches of bark or something like that three inches of mulberry bark or something i don't remember it's something like that um and i don't have it in front of me but so he's well known as being this kind of ugly guy and his wife lotus pan is known as being one of the most beautiful and desirable women in town somehow they got arranged into a marriage and she's not happy uh, he's very happy of course but it's they make allusions to the fact that they've never consummated the marriage uh, so she is very unfulfilled and unsatisfied and then so then when Wu Song comes in she sees him and he's like this heroic dude that's handsome and very tall and so she falls in love with him but he's like no you're my brother's wife I'm not gonna I'm not going to do that. I'm a, you know, I'm an upstanding dude. And then uh, things happen where she eventually falls in with this guy, Zeman Ching, and, or Shi Men Ching. I think X is she. Uh, anyway. And so then those, Shi uh, Men Ching and Lotus Pan sort of uh, collaborate to kill off uh, Wu Song's brother, Wu Da, and so then setting up this sort of struggle that you see at the beginning of uh, Delightful Forest and at the end of Amorous Lotus Pan. In terms of the fight, I know I talked a little bit about the fight, but I just wanted to say that as clumsy as it was, it really seemed a lot better than I remember the, the 60s shot work looking. 
like this is not a martial arts movie in any way, shape, or form. It's it's an opera movie that happens to have a martial arts sort of climax, um, but it doesn't entertain in the same way, even even during that climax. But that being said, the climax is filled with all kinds of of stuff. This Wu Song has to take on a whole group of of henchmen, and and they're armed with swords and staffs and uh, three sections staff even um, then they they go into some hand-to-hand which is pretty rare in the wuxias at all to see hand-to-hand and so to see it so early here is just like very impressive and then also uh, there's a guy that grabs a cleaver so it's, you know it's very inventive and uh, actually the guy who grabs the cleaver on, on the on uh, on screen is uh, Lau Karlong. So he was obviously working at the studio, uh, at least in uh, stuntman capacity at this time, but um, he, he may have been involved with the choreography as well. They don't, cor- they don't uh, credit choreographers at this point in, in the, the, the timeline, but um, you know, when you have action, any kind of action, you got to choreograph it. And this was definitely choreographed uh, fairly well. So you can kind of see where the martial arts genre would come out of a movie like this. All right, I think it's a good time to move on now um, into the segment that I call, Is It Good or Is It a Piece of Shit? <laughs> if you didn't uh, listen to the first show, this is a segment where I uh, look very briefly at uh, the movies that I watched other than the ones that I did the uh, the featured ramblings about uh, or the ones that I reviewed, just because uh, there's a couple extras in there. Okay, so first up is a 1981 uh, exploitation movie called Lady Stay Dead, and I would say that it is good, but I would also say that it's kind of boring. Um, <laughs> it was sold to me as a slasher movie with a gardener and there is a gardener and he does kill people but it's not a slasher in any way uh it's kind of like a tense thriller for most of it and then at the end it goes total fucking bat shit and it's like an action movie <laughs> it's a fucking machine gun explosions and shootouts and stuff uh so it's it's all right it's pretty good it's well made. It's the kind of movie that I respect, uh, but I don't particularly like. Next up, and also last up, is a movie called Battles Without Honor and Humanity, The Complete Saga. So over the last few months, I've been watching the uh, Battles Without Honor and Humanity series. There's five movies, and they are all directed by... Kinji Fukasaku, and who who he uh, directed Battle Royale and a bunch of other movies, 
very famous director, uh, very well regarded, but not so much well known in the West, I think, uh, because of just a lack of uh, availability and stuff like that. I imagine, I don't know, I could be making this up. <laughs> anyway, I know that it was hard for me to get a hold of his movies uh, in the past. But I watched all of the Battles Without Honor and Humanity, all five of them, and I enjoyed all of them. And then because I bought the the box set that Arrow put out, it also had uh, the complete Saga version, which is an edited down version of the first four movies uh, into one uh, non-stop uh, 224 minute compilation <laughs> and so the individual movies are all good definitely and this compilation version is also good but it's almost four hours long and you know I there's no real reason to watch it you really should just watch the uh, the actual movies um, but I will say that by watching the complete saga uh, start to finish in chunks I wasn't able to just sit there for four hours but um, by watching it all together from the beginning to the end because the the first movie starts right after World War two and it shows uh, these groups of Yakuza um, sort of rising in ranks and power and stuff uh, from the early days of post-war and then the last movie is probably set in like maybe the early 70s or something like that so it's this big saga and there's uh, a few characters that go the whole way but most of the characters in each particular movie are uh, expendable and they die in <laughs> very gruesome uh, fucking handheld camera chaotic yakuza fucking gun downs it's, it's they're great movies but i don't really recommend uh the complete saga but it is an interesting sort of thing to see all of it together and to sort of uh have an idea because there's there is one character that's kind of the main character there's not really a main character but um this one guy is in all of them and he's kind of like introduced as the hero in the first movie um but the none of the movies follow any kind of western storytelling logic so it's not really uh proper to call him a hero or the main character or anything like to to talk about these movies i think the natural uh, place for your mind to go as an american is is to go to something like the godfather where it's this big long saga and they even made a complete saga version of the godfather where they edited the movies into one movie um but these battles without honor and humanity movies are absolutely nothing like godfather in any way so don't expect that if you do see them uh, but i do recommend them just not the uh, complete saga
All right, that's the show. Thanks for listening. Uh, go to silveremulsion.com for my written reviews. And uh, up next week, I got a review of the Full Moon movie Song of the Vampire, um, a.k.a. Vampire Resurrection, directed by Denise Duff, star of the Subspecies series. I have a review of the Shaw Brothers movie Night of the Devil Bride, and uh, Steven's got a review coming out for a Japanese movie called Hellevator. So we're keeping it uh, nice and highbrow <laughs> over at Silver Emulsion this week. So uh, uh, stay toasty and in these uh, autumn months. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, talk to you later. Adios. Stonehenge. Where the demons dwell, where the banshees